0: That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedars Sinai. The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedars Sinai. Hey, Dr. Clapper,
1: how are you? Saturday mornings from seven to nine. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. (laughs) Yes,
2: Doc, I love your show. Now here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper.
1: Good morning, Los Angeles. And welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai. 32 years and counting. What a great day I had in the operating room yesterday. Did six big cases. I'm going to take you into the operating room today and explain a little bit about what I did restoring mobility, this one patient, former NBA player, his knees were gone. We call it a flexion contracture. He couldn't really straighten his knee all the way. It was bent at about 30 degrees, and that was it. He couldn't straighten it. Think about what that does to your lower back when you can't normally straighten your knee. And he couldn't bend it past about 90 degrees. Because the shape of the bone, because of bone spurs and the loss of cartilage, deformed his knee joint so badly. Well, then the muscles shrink and atrophy and don't work properly. The ligaments get stretched out and contract all at the same time. It was a mess. But boy, was it fun to be an artist, to be a sculptor, to be able to know the anatomy, where the artery is, where the nerve is. And to be able to restore a beautiful-looking knee once again to this man so that he can ski and play tennis and go back and play basketball as a weekend warrior. I told the young students who were watching me, don't tell anybody that I get paid for this because I would do it for free. It's just such a pleasure and a privilege to be able to be a surgeon and work on something God made. You can be a car mechanic, you can be an electrician, a plumber, but there's an owner's manual. There's no owner's manual for the body, and it is a joy, and certainly to do it for all this time. I'm so excited because my guest at 815 knows a lot about what I'm talking about, because he actually is an orthopedic surgeon, and he, he's based, and his whole career was in Chicago. His name is Dr. Michael Collins. But he's a renaissance man also. He likes to write books, loves to hike, goes into the mountains in Ireland where his family is from. And the books he likes to write really explore his life. And when you learn a little bit about him, and you will at 8.15, the one thing that stood out to me about him is how he bends things in life. You know that expression, if you don't bend, you'll break? It's true. You need to be supple. You need to deal with the curveballs that come at you in life. And it made me think all week, bending, bending in life. In the world of art I love, the world of sports I love, the world of surgery, these retractors I use to be able to work deep in the hip joint or around your knee, they keep the tendons and the muscles away so that I can work on the on the problem in the cartilage in the bone. They're called retractors. Well, Dr. Ranawat, my teacher, taught me you should bend one of these retractors so that the assistant who's holding the tool so you can work, that his or her hands are not blocking you from seeing what you want in the wound. That simple idea of bending the retractor is the difference between an okay surgeon and a great surgeon. You can see better when that assistant's hands are not in your face. It's a metaphor for life. You want to enhance your life, you got to learn how to bend it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Clapper Vision is going to be about Justin Hollins, who tore his pectoralis major muscle, your breast muscle, right underneath your nipple. That's the pec major. He ripped it right off the humerus bone. Fascinating muscle. How do we fix it? God bless the guys from Arthrex, because there's a new tool that we can use to anchor the tendon back to the bone, and we'll get into that with some Clapper Vision.
3: Clapper Vision.
1: What about bending and food? My favorite bent food is a hot dog. Can you actually get a hot dog that won't bend at its tip? Oh, did I have a hot dog right out of New Jersey. But you can get them here because they deep fry the hot dog. Hell yeah. Have you ever had a deep fried hot dog? I never did. It's called a Ripper. Some guy in New Jersey came up with it, but we're blessed here in L.A., and one of the hot dogs, the Rippers you can get, is called a Manhattan, which is right up my alley. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Red onions, sauerkraut, and mustard. My mouth is watering already, Steve Paulette and Zach. Mm. It's shipped from New Jersey. Oh, how they... This is just unbelievable. I actually called the owner. He's going to be a guest on the show down the line, but I got to tell you all about this thing called the Ripper. But let's get into today's show. Bending. Bending in a world of art and music is all about this guy. That's right. This is Eric Clapton. This is the guy I listen to. For those really difficult cases, I got to have him playing in the background. Because I say to myself, I want to be like him in the operating room. A maestro. A master. A master at using his hands to bend the strings. We'll get into bending in sports. It'll be about the hockey player, Stan Mikita, who bent the blade of his hockey stick. We'll do that in the next segment. But right now, I want to talk about Eric Clapton, how he sounds different than everyone else because he does something, he bends the strings on his Stratocaster, not to the point that the note is out of tune, but to make the sound of that note different. Let's hear from Eric Clapton and Bending in Life.
4: We had both developed an early love for blues. And the interesting thing was that he was coming from a a slightly different direction. He had developed a very unique bottleneck slide style while I was bending strings. So we were coming from the same place, but traveling on different paths and and could meet and yet sound completely different to one another, even though we had the same principles going on in our heads.
1: He's talking about bending the strings versus Dwayne Allman, who slid his fingers. And I thought all week, why does Eric Clapton think bending is the good idea of the strings? Well, when you think about it, listen to me talking to you right now through the radio. It's my voice. Air is coming out of my lungs, up my throat, my trachea. And buried in my trachea are two guitar strings called vocal cords. And depending on how much air I pull out of my, put out of my lungs... I can make my voice high, low. I'm bending the vocal cord, a voice. Eric Clapton realized that that the guitar strings are like a voice. and he took it even to the next level. He makes the guitar into a person because that's what a person is. They have a voice. They're bending those vocal cords, bending those strings. That's the secret to a voice. And he's interviewed and you'll hear him actually think about singing through his guitar, which becomes a whole separate person. He's almost like a puppeteer.
4: So what goes through your mind when you're about to start a solo?
1: Um,
4: I go through all kinds of, I mean, and you've got a, a brief span of like 10 seconds before you know, you've, you've stopped singing and you think, Right, I've got to play something now, and and you go through a hundred different changes in your head about what approach you're going to take, and usually by the time you've gone through those changes, it's time. You see? And it's it's just like someone shoved you through a door, and you've suddenly got to do an act. And and you just start, and for me, I just start singing.
1: But he sings through his guitar.
4: But I do it with the guitar. That's just me singing, really.
1: The guitar becomes his voice, and since the voice becomes a person, he doesn't call it a guitar anymore. He actually names the guitar a human-type name. They become a personality. So the guitar he buys in 1967 for 150 pounds, he calls Brownie. He then later buys another guitar, which he writes cocaine with or plays cocaine with. He calls that one Blackie. They're not just guitars; they actually become people to him. Listen to him talk about the Fender Stratocaster, Brownie, and Blackie.
4: I think Brownie was the the, the sort of prototype for Blackie. You know, in in terms of where I, what I was looking for in the ideal working guitar, um, and it was really that that was. the the criteria you know could this do could I go on the road hard with this guitar Um, you know every every night of the week playing flat out you know and and uh, doing little bits of repair on it as I was going you know and
1: refining it but the secret to these guitars as you're about to hear is which ones why did he pick a Fender Stratocaster because this guitar allows him to bend the strings. And not only is it that it's a Stratocaster, and I don't know anything about the guitar, many many of you listening do, but the neck of the guitar, he wants it to be made of maple wood, not rosewood. What exactly is he talking about? But listen to him talk about, he prefers maple wood because he once played a Stratocaster that was rosewood the neck, and he couldn't bend the strings as well. It's incredible how valuable bending in the world of music is to Eric Clapton. He ain't gonna use that guitar unless he can bend those strings.
4: I think I'd played a, a Rosewood on, on a Jaguar or a Jazzmaster in the Arbor's and I didn't like the feel of it. It felt resistant to bending. It it felt like the grain was quite prominent on a rose. You know, um, there was a definite feel to it that where you felt like you were going across the grain if you tried to bend the strings. And I never got that. This was, it was just like almost marble or something. It was so
1: smooth. Here's an early interview, the early, late 60s, early 70s with Eric Clapton where instead of saying bending, he's using the word vibrato, that making the the string vibrate by bending. It's just awesome.
4: The kind of blues I play is uh, I started playing was was one of accompaniment, you know, of, of lead accompaniment. So that is quite difficult, you know. There there are thing basic things that you'd have to learn about that style itself, which is uh, the finger vibrato that you have to use, which is like that. (laughs) Which is very important.
1: The interviewer can't believe what he's just heard because he's never heard a guitar string do that before. So he asks him, can you do that again? This is what bending of the string sounds sounds like and why Clapton sounds so different.
5: Could you just do that again? Yeah.
4: See that—that that itself is 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 um, very difficult. It can take you a long, long time to play and get that perfected.
1: And finally, listen to the engineers at Fender talking about trying to understand Eric Clapton's need for maple wood. They tried to make a replica of his Brownie guitar, and they spent a lot of time trying to get that maple wood neck so that you can bend the strings like Eric Clapton, but this is the engineer at Fender talking about it. Probably the most important part of the guitar is the neck. That's where your hand's always on. That's the first thing, when you pick it up, you pick it up by the neck. When you
3: are playing, you know, that's the, that's the main focus point, and you just gotta make sure every little thing is right, from the edges being rolled just right to the radius on the fingerboard,
1: how the finish has been worn away, in, not only in the back, but on the fingerboard, because you feel it, especially with an instrument like this guitar. It's bending the strings. That's the secret. That's the enhancement. That's what gives character to the note in art, in the world of music. What about in the world of sports? Wait till you hear this story. The discovery, the happenstance by Stan Makeda in the late 50s, when by accident, the blade of his hockey stick bent and he had that aha moment. That's right. Bend the blade and you can hit that puck much harder and with more accuracy. Just like Eric Clapton can do with the strings. Just like you and I have to do with our lives. Bend, but don't break. We'll get into it. Coming up next, the number is espn You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN.
3: Warriors, the weekend warrior waiting womb is open. Call Doc now, 877-710-3776. The waiting room is open. Taking patients at 730. Don't get shut out at 850. And if you're a cousin of Dr. Clapper, you go to the top of the list. Call now, 877-710-3776. Holy emoji, Clap Man. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy
2: slip disc.
3: That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's Clapper vision.
0: Breathe deeply.
3: And advice to callers.
0: On your toes, Robin.
3: So like, follow, and enjoy... A wise decision. ...the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating.
1: on, it's Max. You know there's no better way to start
0: your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper... And the
4: Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. All right. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper.
1: I have a Beatles wig on.
4: Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers.
5: Forget about the girl that said no. Then I'll tell who I want where to go. And I'll forget about your lies and deceit. And your attempts to be so discreet. Maybe today. Yeah, I'll slip away.
1: Welcome back, Weekend Warriors.
5: (laughs) Simples I was listening to
1: Sixto Rodriguez yesterday in the operating room. Happiness. And listening to Maybe this song, I'll Slip Away, it made me think about bending, go, man, bending in life. Maybe Zach just gave me the Bruce Lee quote. Yeah. Bruce Lee, the icon in martial arts, said, notice that the stiffest tree Is most easily cracked while the bamboo or willow survives by bending with the wind. It's exactly right. You got to bend. And if you look carefully in life, your life is enhanced when you bend and not break. We're in the world of sports. And this is Dr. Michael Collins' favorite athlete. He's in Chicago. I thought it would be Michael Jordan. It's not. It's Stan Mikita, the iconic hockey player. Stan Mikita was a badass. He was born in communist Czechoslovakia, and at age eight, his parents said, we need, you need a better life, young man, than we can give you here in Czechoslovakia with communism. So we're going to send you as an eight-year-old to Canada And you'll get adopted by your aunt. There's got to be a bitterness to that when you're adopted. Look what happened to Steve Jobs. That bitterness stayed in him forever. But Stan Mikita took it out on the hockey rink and became an incredible hockey player. But there was an anger in him. He had more fights than anybody else. But listen to how he knew how to bend his life. It all happened when he had his five-year-old daughter come watch him play. And Stan Makeda bent and changed his life. And I'm going to tell you in a minute what he did to the sport of hockey as well.
0: For years early in his career, he was one of the nastiest players in the NHL. A miserable son of a gun on the ice is how one former coach described him. And then, just like that, He was one of the most gentlemanly players in the game. As transformations go, it was unmatched and remarkable.
1: Here's why it happened.
0: His daughter Meg was uh, five years old, and he just led the league in penalties the year before. And she went to her first or second or third game. And uh, after the game, she said, Daddy, how come you always get to sit by yourself? (laughs) He's in the penalty box. He said that changed him. And, uh, you know, the very next year, he won the Lady Bing Trophy.
1: Stan Makeda knew how to bend in life. And ultimately, this happened. He listened to Sarah Spain from ESPN. I love her. Interviewing Stan Makeda. Tell us how it happened that you came up with this great idea of bending the blade of your hockey stick to make it more accurate and more powerful.
2: My uh, invention started like all great inventions do by accident. It happened that uh, my stick got caught in the doorway of where the players come in and out of the the bench and somebody pushed me forward even more and the stick cracked. It did not break, but it cracked. So uh, as I pulled it out and I saw the L shape in the the stick, uh, I got a little upset because now I had to go all the way downstairs to get another stick and i didn't really want to do that
1: so he went on the ice and in his anger he hits a puck and listen to what he notices
2: so uh, i di- i saw a puck land there and i slammed it against the boards in anger and there was a different sound that i heard yeah. the, the rebound coming off the off the boards i hit a i shot a couple more with a wrist shot and that that turned out to be the same the same thing that uh, it was different And uh, then finally the stick cracked. So I kept it in the back of my head. And uh, I think uh, it was that day or the next day after the shower, you know, you're waiting around to see what guys are going to do. And I said, let me see if I can bend one of those sticks into that particular uh, area.
1: Now he realizes, you know how you can bend wood without breaking it? This is how they make wooden sailboats. You steam it. You heat up the wood. And then you can manipulate and bend it and when it dries or cools down it keeps that bent shape
2: and uh, it took a while to to get it through my head that i, I <laughs> you, know, you know you have to kind of make the the wood warmer or or uh uh make it like a spaghetti so yeah it was almost <laughs> cooking hockey sticks but it would not quite and it, the way it came out is, is what I was looking for. Now, it took a lot of practice to uh, finally get the guts to use it in the game. Yeah. And I think about a month later is what, what I, uh, when I finally started to use it. And, of course, Bobby looked at it. He said, make me one of those yeah. in the left, which I did, made it in the, in the left-hand shot. And I guess the rest is history.
1: The hardest-hitting slap shot that I've ever seen my senior year in high school working for the Islanders was by a guy named Bobby Hull, who was teammates with Stan Makeda. I literally saw Bobby Hull hit a puck so hard, like a bullet, and he shattered the glass behind the goalie. Well, Bobby Hull played with Stan Makeda. And listen to Bobby Hull tell the story from his perspective. Where did you come up with that bent stick that allowed you to hit the puck so hard? Bobby Hull, God bless him, said, it wasn't me it was Stan Mikita.
0: Now, who's the first guy? You say you had the... I'm cr- not guilty. Yeah, who was the first guy? It was Makita. Stan had uh, a terrible habit. If he didn't like a stick, he'd just lean on it and break it. And I said, Stan, and I don't know how many times, I said, there are 400 little guys out there that would just love to have one of your sticks. I said, don't break it, hang it on my rack and I'll see that someone gets it. So we're practicing one day, he didn't like his stick, Tried to lean on, he didn't have enough weight, it was late in the seat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he went over to the door, at our, our bench door, and he rammed it in the door between the hinges. Yeah. And he reared on it and reared on it, and finally it split. Just a little, eh? It split in the blade, and the top part flew out and the bottom stayed in. And he kept rearing on it. So it came out and the stick looked like this.
1: In L shape.
0: So while he was going downstairs, you know in Chicago we had yeah. to go downstairs to the dressing room, he grabbed a puck out in front of the net and he fired it in, and I'm watching him. In the net he goes, fishes it out, come back. He came back again, fired it in, he did this six times. So I said to the guys in the bench, some of the guys were practicing down at the other end, I said, look at Makita, he's really kookaloo now. <laughs> I said, look at what he's doing. So he came up and I said, Stan, what were you doing? firing the puck in the net, fishing it out, firing it. He said, Bobby, he said, when I tried to break my stick, he said, I put a hook in the blade, and he said, can you ever fire? It?
1: Can you ever fire it? And yes, you can.
0: So after practice, he said, I'm going to call Northland. We use Northland yeah. Pro. This is a CCM. Yeah. Uh, we, I use Northland Pro most of my uh, career, except when I did some advertising for CCM. <laughs> and, like a saw. Dave, Dave knows about that too. <laughs> and he said, "I'm going to call Northland and get uh, half a dozen made up with a little hook in the blade." And I said, "Well, order me a half a dozen too." And from then on, it just went from Ooh. a little bit to uh, where? Where's the cameras? right over which, there. Which one? Look at that. That's Is that worse that or and what? That, and at times, it was even worse than that.
1: Finally, the NHL had a mandate. It could only be a half inch of a curve is these guys could really curve it. And the speed the puck comes off that hockey stick can break glass. Here's a funny story about Bobby Hull and why his slap shot was so feared. Jerry Cheevers was the famous goalie, first guy actually to ever wear a face mask uh, for the Boston Bruins. I remember this. He used to make a black mark with a uh, magic marker. Every time he got hit in the face that the... The mask saved his face. And at the end of the season, that white mask was completely black from all the little marks that he had made on it. But listen to Bobby Hull tell a great story about Jerry Cheevers, the goalie. He wanted nothing to do with Bobby Hull's slap shot. Where did you develop that slap shot though? I mean, that was murder. First of
5: all, let me tell you a story about Cheevers. Jerry Cheevers told me this story, and it's a true story. It was
1: a power play. And the puck would, correct me if I'm wrong, the power play, you had a guy just sifting the puck over nice to you, nice feathering, and you'd hammer it, and he'd be ducking, hoping you'd score. Finally, you put it over five times, and the only way it stopped is he hit the crossbar, went in the crowd. He says, I never prayed so hard in my life. Now listen to Bobby Hull tell the story about the day Jerry Cheevers vacated the goal. He didn't want to have any part of Bobby Hull hitting that puck with that bent, curved stick that he got. From Stan Makeda.
0: But there was another time even funnier than that, Don, I got it out the point and uh, the, one of the uh, defenders came out to check me and I reared back and I faked it and I went around him and he slid past me and I went in another oh 10 or 15 feet and I wound up again and one of the defensemen thought that he'd take a chance at yeah. it and he slid out and I managed to get around him. Now I'm about from here uh, maybe over to, to Jimmy there out in front of the net. Now, I look up, I I start to wind up, and I look up, and the net is vacant. (laughs) (laughs) And I I start to laugh, and Cheevers had gone over, and the defenseman gave me a wide berth, and he gave me about three-quarters of the net. Cheevers was over, hiding behind his defenseman. (laughs) And I fired it in the open side.
1: (laughs) That's what happens when you bend that stick. The power you get can crack glass. The accuracy you get. There's a metaphor though, enhancing your life in art, in music, in sports, in surgery. There's something to be said for bending. You can play the guitar and sound fine, But if you bend the strings, you get to sound like this. You get to sound like Eric Clapton, who learned early that just like your vocal cord, bends those strings, bend the guitars like your vocal cord, and that guitar has its own voice. Coming up next, we're going to talk about surgery that I did yesterday, using bend tools to achieve greatness in the operating room, and this week I had Monday and Thursday off. What do you think I did? I went surfing, but I learned something interesting in the ocean this week, because I surfed at two different spots, and something special happened because of the bend in my surfboard called the rocker. I'll explain. The number is 877-710-ESPN. We'll do some clap revision as well. The clinic will be open. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710
5: ESPN.
1: Then I pursue
5: my own happiness And you can keep your clocks and routines then I go mend all my shattered dreams. Maybe today. Yeah.
3: Weekend Wars on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly hear Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. It's
1: right, I get it.
3: Search Weekend War in the search bar and <laughs> click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila. Wow. Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page.
1: This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Roberto Clapperio, a fish
4: tacologist. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr.
1: Clapper. I know the ins and outs of a fish taco. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9
4: a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers.
1: Around the bend, good one. Steve Paulette, Zach, Credence, Clearwater Revival. That's what we're talking about today. You want to bend, not break, in life, in art, in sports, in surgery, in food. I'm going to talk about a hot dog that don't bend because you deep fry it. Most delicious hot dog you'll have in L.A. It's called the Ripper. Mmm, is it good? Tell you where. Let's do some calls. Clinics open. All the lines lit up. Who do you want to take first? Cindy. Cindy, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help?
6: Hi, Dr. Clapper. Thank you so much for taking my call. I love your show. I listen to it
1: every weekend. Oh, thank you. You know, Gene Crawford always says, when I have a female listener, they ain't listening during the week. They're just listening to the show on Saturday. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Cindy. Listen, how young are you? What do you do for a living?
6: I am 52 years old, and I do some legislative work uh, for one of our local governments.
1: Oh, God bless you. Good for you. Keeping us safe. Appreciate it. What's up? How can I help you?
6: Um, I'm calling because when I was in my 20s, I was a wildland firefighter on a hotshot crew, and when I uh, I slipped and fell and actually landed on my left hip, my canteen actually crushed around the shape of my hip, and I think it honestly saved me from serious injury, but here I am, you know, many, many years later, and that hip is achy uh, and bothering me all the time, and so I'm, I'm thinking about that I need to come in and see someone, but I wanted to
1: Maybe hear from you.
6: Maybe. Where do you live? I live in Los Angeles.
1: Okay, good. Where'd you grow up? What'd your father do for a living?
6: Uh, I grew up in the Inland Empire, and my dad was a salesman. He went to construction sites
1: and uh, bid on how to put in fireplaces. My brother. Well, there we go. We lost her. You there, Cindy? All right, let me teach you a little bit over the phone. What's so interesting is, why do 52-year-olds end up with hip problems? And yes, you can have trauma early and back in the day, but a lot of times in young people, the reason I will end up doing hip surgery is because of actually the way the hip was shaped as a as a developing human being. Uh, we call it dysplasia, which really means that The beautiful ball and socket joint of the hip joint, the ball must fit perfectly as a sphere. Here's a Clapper vision. The ball of your hip joint really looks like a a billiard ball, like you're playing pool. The socket looks like the inside of a baseball cap. You literally are putting a pool ball inside a baseball cap with beautiful coverage completely of the ball, the hemisphere, the socket... Of the sphere but many people are born where either the billiard ball is the size of a grapefruit and you have still the same baseball cap or the opposite that you actually have a golf ball and you have the same baseball cap that there's a mismatch in terms of the size of the sphere fitting in the hemisphere And in Latin, the word dis means not. Plasia means the shape of things. So dysplasia means that there is not a symmetrical shape to how the sphere fits in the hemisphere. And just like your alignment is off in your car, you're going to wear out the tires prematurely. The rubber will not wear as evenly and beautifully. That's what happens in your hip joint. And I would say the number one reason I do, and I do hundreds of hip surgeries every year, and I'll do them in in 38-year-olds and 42-year-olds and 45-year-olds. It's amazing. It's an epidemic because everybody thinks if you run, you lose weight, which is wrong. And everybody thinks when you exercise, you get younger, which is wrong. Now, I'm not saying don't exercise, but... At age 40, you better pick up the stationary bike and elliptical in the pool and stop running. You want to run to chase your loved ones? That's fine. But to do it to stay in shape, you start to wear away that precious cartilage of which you only get one set in life. So just look at basketball. Look at all the basketball players that became coaches. Phil Jackson, Larry Brown, Mike Krzyzewski. Every one of those guys I just mentioned had to have their hip replaced. I love basketball. I love the Lakers. You watch. One day, they will all have to show up in my office (laughs) because you have worn out that cartilage that's precious in your hip. So what I would say to Cindy is, where is the pain? Is it in the groin? Is it in the side or is in the buttock? because if you say it's in the groin, then that tells me in the history that it's in the ball and socket joint. If it's on the side, that's a bursitis. It's not coming from the hip joint. And if it's in the buttock, you call it hip pain, but it's really coming from your spine. And do not let any fast talking doctor talk you into cortisone shots into the joint, stem cells for $10,000. There's no shampoo growing hair on top of my head, and I don't want people telling you you're going to be able to grow cartilage with a needle. I wrote a book with Lindy Yui that I'm very proud of, actually two of them, called Heal Your Hips. It's all about how to exercise by walking in a pool. That's my suggestion. So for all of you listening, of what I would be telling Cindy what to do, that's what I'd be telling her. Let's see if we have uh, any other call. Who do you want to take? Let's go to Andy. You're on with Doctor Clapper. How can I help? Oh, how are you doing, Doctor Clapper?
6: Great show. Thank you. Uh, What's your so, favorite uh, story? Uh, uh I, 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 every other Saturday on the way to work, I love your surfing stories. Your stories about, you know, uh, I remember one guy about in Hawaii, he's a surfer. I, I remember that story a lot.
1: Yeah, that's uh, fantastic. What I'm do you 30, do for a living? 30, how old are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 30 and I'm a barber. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Did you go to school for it, or you just figured out how to use scissors and not cut someone's ear off?
6: I did both. I started working at a barbershop when I was 14, (laughs) and I went to barber school after.
1: Man, when I used to live on on the west side, I used to go to a barbershop. The guy's name was Ruben, and he was just, he was like a psychiatrist. I would sit there waiting for my turn. I almost didn't want to get my hair cut. I had hair then, by the way. I have no hair now. Yeah, yeah. but I, hear I just used to listen to how he would talk to the customers and he was the best psychiatrist I ever heard. So you're like a psychiatrist, right? You hear everybody's yeah, problems yeah. while you're cutting their hair.
2: Everybody's stories,
1: yeah. You know where all the girlfriends so, are, all the mistresses, right? You got the whole, man, you can make a lot of money extorting your customers, that's for sure.
6: Uh Yeah, I keep my mouth shut,
1: though. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. God bless you. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in the city of Compton. Compton? Wow, that's where Marcellus is from. Do you know Marcellus Wiley? Yes, I do. I used to listen to Max and Marcellus all the time. I know. I miss miss both of them. Max is a really good friend of mine. You should hear him do the promo for the show. He's like a brother from another mother to me. And Marcellus, God, he's just one of the sweetest, biggest guys you'll ever meet. Just love both of them. I agree with you. Great guy. L.A. has not been the same since we lost Max and Marcellus on this very station. It hasn't, has it? God bless
6: you. So I also, I also have, uh, I have psoriasis. Yes. So I get psoriatic arthritis in my hands. Like after a long day of cutting hair, like sometimes I get home and I feel my hands tingly and like the the bends of my fingers. Yes. Like they, like they, I can't really bend them sometimes. Yes. What would you recommend some exercises I could do for that?
1: So uh, I love being holistic. So I'm going to be a doctor. To tell you not to have shots because that's what everybody's no, no. going to want to do is give you shots in the tendons and stuff like that of cortisone. No, right. don't do that. The The irony of it all is the more flexibility you can maintain, the better off you are. So here's two things I want you to do. One, you're going to go to Chinatown. You probably can buy them online. The Chinese have in their culture these two metal spheres they're called boating, with a B, boating balls, and they chime. They come in different sizes, and you rotate these two balls into your hand. I learned this from a boxer that I took care of. I did his knee surgery, and I went to make rounds on him at Cedars, and when I made rounds, there he was lying in his bed, and I, his name was Percy Rodriguez. I love this guy. I said, Percy, and he's a, what a fantastic fighter, a fantastic boxer. What are you doing? I did your knee surgery. Why are you rotating these two balls that chime in your hand? He goes, Dr. Clapper, I've been to every hand surgeon in the world. And I've got arthritis in my fingers from punching people my whole life. But this gives me flexibility. And he would rotate these balls. And and ever since I saw that 20, 30 years ago, that's what I suggest to people. Have arthritis in their fingers. Be like Percy Rodriguez. Go get these balls. They're not expensive. And just rotate them in your hand. It'll give you flexibility. Here's the other thing. Get a hold of a newspaper, which I don't know if they even print anymore, and it's really good to crumble the L.A. Times because their sports section is terrible. But take the L.A. Times and put your hand palm down on that thin sheet of paper. I don't mean squeezing a ball. I don't, I'm not telling you to do that because that's not enough movement. You need to put your hand on that sports section of the L.A. Times and crumble it into a tight ball and chuck it into the waste paper basket. Fill a waste paper basket every day with the single sheet of the newspaper. That and the boating balls rotating will give you flexibility and strength and allow you to fight the psoriatic arthritis. And you do need a good rheumatologist. That is a person because there's a lot of great new medication for people with psoriasis and you need to know about it. And one of my favorite rheumatologists at Cedars, she's just the greatest. Her name is Lillian Zidlow. S-Z-Y-D-L-O. She's the greatest. You should give her a call. She can help you with your psoriasis. All right? And listen. Okay. You're a total stranger to me. I want you to find a total stranger today. You do something nice for them. That's how you be thanking me. All right?
6: I will, Dr. Cagrary. Thank you so much. Have a great
1: day. God bless you. Appreciate it. All right, Warriors, let's take a break. We'll pay some bills. The lines are lit up. But I do want to tell you a story about surfing this week and what I learned about just paddling from one spot to another and the bend in my surfboard made it like going to two different countries. I'll explain. Coming up next on the Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.
5: Come away, come away, you get going. Leave the sink and ship behind. Come on the rising wind. We're
3: Get smart. Just what are you getting at? Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Like this. Medical advice from Cedar Sinai, head of orthopedic surgery. Are you kidding? With a far rockaway attitude and a little drizzle of mozzarella. Well, it's important to me. Search Weekend Warrior in the space bar. Like this. And click on Doc's picture. I see. Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Hey,
0: it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday. Then with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip, Dr. Clapper in the Weekend Warrior Show,
4: 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. One morning I shot an elephant in my pajamas. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. How
5: he got in my pajamas, I don't know.
4: Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers.
5: you got loneliness, or it's dislike for me, you express, I won't care if you're right or you're wrong, I won't care, cause you see I'll be gone, maybe today.
1: Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Maybe today you'll learn how to bend in life. Shout out to Keith Erickson. He just texted me. What a pleasure to know he's listening to the show like many, many other people. It's the most popular show on the weekend on sports. Who knew that this could happen? I got to stop saying I don't know what I'm doing because it's been ten and a half years, so I must be doing something right. The hell yeah. That's right, Kobe. Uh wait till you hear next week's show. It's going to be all about an aspect of Kobe that's never been really explored before. I'll tell you a little bit later in the show what next week's going to be like. But you know what? I can tell a surfing story about this week, but I feel bad because all the lines are lit up. So let's, the clinic's open. I feel obligated to teach, to do some clap revision. So let's, let's take one call. Let's go to Waleed in Newport Beach. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help?
6: Good morning, doctor.
1: Good morning, young man. Tell me how I pronounce your name, Waleed or Wahid? Wahed. W-A-H-I-D W-A-H-E-D, Wahid. Wahid. got it. I love it, Wahid. So tell me about you. How young are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 55, software engineer. Nice. And where are you from? from afghanistan wow we have a resident at cedars in orthopedics who's from afghanistan and ali wow. his name is ali and he is awesome he's going to do sports medicine a fellowship just a beautiful guy learned a lot about life from him just having him as a student it's great all right how can i help you what's up what you do to yourself a long time ago i i Messed up
6: my left knee. The cartilages were like totally torn.
1: Playing soccer. Yeah. There you go. And did you? Uh, did you at least score the goal to to have this kind of an injury, or did you end up uh, just whiffing the the soccer ball?
5: Uh, I don't recall it because I was <laughs> seeing birdies all over my head, just like
1: cartoons. <laughs> Yikes. That's the yeah. beauty of sports, Wahid. It's so important in our lives to have sports, to teach us of the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, to teach us about how to play with other people, to also for us to realize when you play with people that are better than you, it makes you better. You know, you don't grow unless you challenge yourself. And uh, it teaches you. It teaches you all about life to play sports. So, Good for you, soccer. I we'll agree more. Yeah, no, soccer is is just awesome. Listen, let me tell you. You didn't become a software engineer because of any other reason than what you learned in sports. You learned all about how to deal with the other players, the coach, the boss, the the idea, the design of the plays. All that software engineering stuff comes from soccer. Let me just tell you that right now. <laughs> all right. So you're 55, you said. Yeah. And you had cartilage surgery, or you just had damage? Did you have surgery way back when? And I had cartilage damage, and I did a orthoscopic surgery. How long ago? A long
5: time ago. Mm. Don't quote me on it. Maybe 1997 or 1998. I'm so
1: not I, sure. I won't say that that's the dark ages, because 1997 is not bad in terms of our tools. If you told me 1977, then that's a whole different story. But 1997 we already were pretty sophisticated with what we could do. But here's the problem, wahid It depends who's holding the arthroscope. If you have someone who has 10 thumbs and is incapable of doing something and needs a robot to do surgery, then that's a whole different story. But if you have someone who's an artist with the scope, then you can elegantly, yesterday I did a meniscus surgery on a young man where you elegantly can work on a meniscus without damaging the other structures. But I suspect you are now dealing with damage. And here's a clapper vision for you. You listen to the show. You know what clapper vision is?
6: I do listen Saturdays, but I don't know what's a clapper vision.
1: Clapper vision is this. I'm going to explain to you what's happening in your knee. When you were younger, in 1997, you ripped up the linoleum in your kitchen floor. Because you ripped up the linoleum in your kitchen floor, all these years later, the plywood is now starting to be worn out because you don't have that linoleum covering the floorboards. You now have damage not just to the surface, the linoleum, you now have damage to the floorboards, the wood that's underneath. And that, fancy word, is arthritis. And please, Wahid, do not let them talk you into shots, needles of stem cells and PRP and cortisone. No needles into your knee. There's a book I wrote with Linda Yui called Heal Your Knees. It'll show you how to exercise in a pool, stationary bike, and from now on, no treadmill, no lunges, no squats, no stair machines, no weights for your legs. You make your muscles above your knee and below your knee stronger with the pool and the bike and the exercises are in the book. That's how you're going to either, and you're a businessman, win-win. It's the only thing that works in business is if it's win-win. You will either win by avoiding surgery, by making the muscles above and below stronger with the exercises, or Wahid, you'll win by making recovery from surgery easier. You, if you go to my website, you'll see a woman I did an implant for arthritis riding her bicycle the day after the surgery. Yep, she's riding her bicycle the day after I did surgery for her arthritis with an implant resurfacing her knee not chopping out her whole knee and putting a metal hinge in but resurfacing it you'll see that and i'm not saying you should have surgery even though i'm a surgeon and a busy surgeon i need you to try to avoid surgery by being holistic because my mother was a nurse that's what i really want to do with you wahid is see if you can avoid surgery by being holistic but not with cockamamie drug company pills and shots get the book And Wahid, you're a total stranger to me. I need you to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me, okay?
6: Thank you so much, Doc.
1: God bless you, and it's a pleasure to talk to you on the phone on the Weekend Warriors Show. All right, Warriors. Coming up next, I'm going to tell some stories of the benefits of bending in life because my guest at 815 is an expert on how to live a life by bending and not breaking his life story is all-inspiring, and we'll get into it at 8.15. But coming up next, you're going to hear about bending in the world of art and music and in the world of sports. I'll explain more coming up next on the Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN.
5: I won't care if you're right or you're wrong I won't care because you see I'll be gone Maybe today
3: Right, King James? Absolutely. And good to be courtly friends on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. I love it. Be treated like medical royalty with clapper vision. Feast like a monarch on Doc's delectable finds. There we go. And that far-rock-away jester humor. <laughs> Search Weekend Warrior and click on Doc's regal picture. Cool. <laughs> Sound the trumpets. No cortisone, alchemy, or leeches here. Everything's good. Bow, curtsy, like, or follow the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Facebook page that makes me happy cheers